And now for a segment called Just Something I've Noticed, brought to you by our friends at Motel 6. Just Something I've Noticed. There's a lot more yawning these days. Have you noticed that? Yeah. And the bad thing about yawning, it's contagious. Now, I'm not a scientist, but I do know that's true. You see somebody else yawn, all of a sudden, you got to yawn. Do you know what helps to curtail the yawning? How about a great night's rest at Motel 6? Book online at motel6.com. Use the code CPREDEYE to get 15% off your stay at Motel 6 or Studio 6. With almost 1,500 locations across the country, there's almost always a Motel 6 or Studio 6 nearby. And truck parking is available at most locations. Enjoy a clean, comfortable room at a price you will love when you use the code CP Red Eye. That's the letters CP Red Eye, all one word, for 15% off your stay at Motel 6 and help curtail the yawning. That's just something I've noticed. Brought to you by Motel 6. Now, it's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show from the Uniden America Studios. This is Red Eye Radio. Hello and welcome. He is Gary McNamara. I'm Eric Harley. Back from the weekend, Gary, how are you? Well, I'm I'm trying to figure out what I care less about. The U.S. women's soccer team or the upcoming cage match between Zuckerberg and Musk? Yeah. Doesn't that sound like something from a horrible B movie? <laughs> I mean, seriously. Hey, I did figure out if... Uh, Elon Musk, though, has another trove of documents that he wants to bring out and show the government has been censoring. They will officially be the X-Files. That's true. That's true. Yes. The X-Files. Yes. Man, if he went around that block to drive in that driveway, I'm going to laugh. <laughs> I know. I thought the same if thing. If he I went. went all this way <laughs> just for that, Matt Taib is like, Okay, can we can we release the rest now? Come on, come on. Yeah, no, that would be funny. That would be hilarious. I okay, so all right. I'm not putting any money down on either. You know, uh, one thing that I did notice on social media, and uh, look, the as you and I said last week about the U.S. women's soccer team, um, you know, we we know where they've been for a significant period of time. Yeah. It's it's no surprise. I, we we did find it a little bit uh, humorous that Megan uh, Rapino, who uh, <laughs> who is now officially retired, uh, that right before her retirement, in the promotion, uh, you know, viewed as somebody who has promoted uh, U.S. women's soccer, mm-hmm. that. On the way out the door, she proposed that men should play in the women's league. We did find that interesting. As to their lack of respect uh, for, you know, the the United States, who they represent, we knew this. I mean, this is 
This is no surprise. Uh, we know, I believe, uh, not all, but a significant majority like Rapino are spoiled brats. They have no idea what it's like to live in other countries. And for her to view herself a, a victim is just is just reprehensible. And look, she may have won a temporary reprieve because of the whole equal pay thing. Mm. But remember, e- equal pay is garbage. What matters yeah. what matters is equal pay means nothing. And you may get it, but the expectations will be higher that you have to win and pull in even more of an audience and their performance this year, both on and off the field, is not going to give them that. No, it's not. Yeah, I I believe that people should make. I have no jealousy whatsoever. Uh, I don't care whether somebody's a billionaire, a Bernie Sanders millionaire. I had to throw that in, didn't I? Yeah. Does that show my bias? <laughs> <laughs> It pro it probably does, <laughs> or or if if somebody works hard every day, as I first did in my first job cleaning toilets, uh, I have respect for everybody who has earned anything legally. Oh yeah, it's that. Yeah. It's, I've it's always that had that. I I remember growing up. You know, I was always in a middle class neighborhood, so anytime, <laughs> I don't, I can't remember what we would have considered a luxury car back then. Basically a limo, right? I mean, I can't remember, like, in the 70s what we would have, con- you know, sports cars, I didn't consider luxury car. I didn't think about the cost of them. They just looked cool, <laughs> right? Right. Uh, but luxury cars, I guess, would have been, I don't know. I mean, I guess like a limo, you know. And if, But if I ever saw any, I remember one time seeing uh, – a friend of mine's father, he had a ton of cash in his pocket. And he he was settling some kind of squabble between his his son's brothers that were going after each other about money. And he pulls out this huge wad of cash, and I'm like, man, how does he make that money? What's his business model? Because you wouldn't know it otherwise. And I asked, I asked his son, a friend of mine, I said, what does your dad do for a living? And he, and he said, he, he works, he sells cars. And I said, oh, that's why he's never around. He was only around like, I don't know, one day a week, you know, at the house. But, it, but otherwise, he was working all the time. And it was like, oh, if I ever saw anything that indicated somebody, I guess, was successful or uh, you know, excelling, I guess, I... I it, for me, it was always about, okay, how did they get there, right? What is the model to get to that point? What do they use? What do they do? I always had admiration for them. I always had probably a ton of questions when I was a kid and still today. And I I don't have, for most professional athletes, uh, we have never been the ones that say, well, they shouldn't make that money you know, no. Or CEO shouldn't nope. make that money. Nope. I, we nope. never make the because we we never make uh, that argument because we believe it's dumb to be a professional athlete today. And and even if you choose, you know, women's soccer, you know, you have you have to be good. Yeah, uh, yeah. But it doesn't matter 
There are a lot of things that people are good at that they don't make any money at because nobody cares to buy the product that they're selling. Right. And that's just the reality of life. And is it unfair? You know, you see this all the time. You know, for example, you'll have uh, local community orchestras that will go on strike and want more money and say, you know, how can't we be making more money because we're playing? Well, it's because of the marketplace. Right. And, yes, it's wonderful, incredible music. Mm -hmm. And, you know, uh, I, of anybody, anybody in the music business would hope that you could make a good living at it, but 99.9% of people who go into the music business <laughs> sometimes make nothing. In fact, put more into it than they get back. Well, yeah. I mean, there was a joke on on the TV show House, and you, know, you and I have brought this up. You know, just because you're the best at something doesn't mean you're going to be necessarily the most successful uh, in terms of revenue. And it was this younger doctor that was leaving the practice or something and going on to something else, and and he said, just ask Yngwie Malmsteen. And I thought, wow, what a weird reference for a hit TV show at the time. And you and I have brought that up. And Yngwie Malmsteen has done very well. And by the way, praises the U.S. for all of its opportunity. But, and he's done, I mean, he's incredible. He's a, he's a guitar god, as they say. I don't like using those words, by the way. But that's what they, you know, that's what they call him. Um, but he didn't make Eddie Van Halen money. And it was, you know, you get back to the. No, he he made it in the first contract, and that was it. Yeah, that was the that first, was the first contract. Yeah, as well. yeah got uh, the Rising Force. Yeah, the first. Uh, that and and I saw that tour. I was yeah. a kid, and I that, saw that. That tour. was like what eighty two, eighty three. Yeah, somewhere in there. Yeah, and you know, the funny thing is, just going through YouTube yesterday, and a video comes up of Jeff Skunk Baxter, you know, yeah. from the Doobie right. Brothers and right. from Steely Dan. And he played with, talked about playing with Malstein. It was great. Right. It, was yeah. just, it was interesting. I, All these I, I had no idea that he played people. with them. And he was yeah. like, and he was just talking about the different people that he uh, uh, played with and was talking about, you know, being a session guitarist and somebody who was actually a performer and the difference, you know, between it. And yeah. and, and yeah. it was, it was uh, fascinating. But getting back here to the, uh, the U.S., uh, uh, you know, women's uh, soccer team, I saw it and went, hmm, whatever. Uh, I have no interest in them. Um, you know, when you represent a country, you represent, when you represent the United States, you represent the United States. Otherwise, don't play on the team. There are many other places that you can play. Yeah. But if you're going to sit there and you're going to, uh, you know, disrespect the United States and simply don't play for it. And I was amazed at the number of people in social media on mainstream media sites where it talked about it, mm. the vast mm-hmm. majority of respondents were good. That made my day that they lost. Yeah. I've never mm. seen that in any any sport that has represented the United States. I've never seen or supposed to represent the United States. I couldn't believe it. It was just, I mean, it was 50 to 1 against mm-hmm. and there were some people questioning like well you know the clueless well i love women's soccer well, what, what are you talking about what did they disrespect what did they do you know those kind of things but you did not see the support was minuscule on social media now i will admit social media people love to complain more but i've seen it when people love you know a great 
you know, great national team playing on the international stage, even when they lose. Yeah, well, that's it. Even when the they lose, you, is yeah, you proud. see, yeah, you you see you see the compliments and say, okay, they they did it the right way and everything else. It was I've never seen this before, and maybe this is what you call the Bud Light syndrome, mm. where people have finally had enough. No, but, I think I, I think there's a lot to that. I think there's a lot to that, and <laughs> you saw one of the. Um, executives hollywood executives came out and said the strike saved us a hundred million dollars so far just so far these are you know the the thing that hollywood and and pop culture some of these individuals that have risen to the top don't understand is that as a society we want to see things that are genuine but when you go over the top and start insulting people Expect people to turn away. Expect people not to root you on. You know, I saw, and we never talked about it, you know, after the uh, death of uh, Sinead O'Connor, who had a very troubled life, especially early on. You and I were talking about yeah. that. Uh, it was uh, tragic. Uh, off off the, uh, the, the air. Uh, the people that were, you know, coming to her defense, not just about, not when, remember, she ripped up the picture of the Pope on mm. SNL. That was mm. a huge thing when it, when it happened mm-hmm. and you know and so many of these artists stating how unfair that was of her to be criticized over that and i'm sitting there and you and i'd look at it and we go you got in the arena of ideas as yeah, soon as you right. get in the arena of ideas and do something that is viewed as radical you're going to be hit for it you need mm-hmm. to be prepared for it now yeah she had a terrible early life as we have talked about and and I hate that because it does affect you. You know, you and yeah. I talked about this yeah. last week. Yeah. It does affect you when, you know, you are, you know, abused or a ch- uh, uh, as a child, whatever. And but you can't blame people. And, and when they tend to do it and when somebody dies, there seems to be no criticism that you can sit there and take something radical that they did and defend them as if they have the complete. Uh, uh, utter moral high ground and anybody who criticized her you know was somehow deficient in some way of their character or responsible for her state of mind or responsible yeah g- great and yeah, both. And, right. and that is something that you know was very clear to me look when you jump into it especially in such a high profile setting and she was at that point at the pinnacle of her career and you do something like that you do it to make a statement. And she talked about how, you know, uh, it was it was a statement about her career. It was a statement about a number of things. And I'm paraphrasing here. But whatever the purpose, expect there to be a response. If you're making a bold statement, there will, will be some type of bold response. Mm-hmm. But to say that those who criticized her for doing that are, are in any way responsible for her state of mind is absolutely beyond fair and and in fact is ludicrous it is whatever she was going through and 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 everything she went through in the last few years with her son and and all of these tragic events throughout her life starting at a very early age all those are separate from the statement you make as an artist and and as an adult yep when you become an adult it's a it's a different ball game and and i know that one thing you know, you and I understand and have for the longest time that we are in the arena of ideas. So when we explain them, we want to make sure that the argument is so slam dunk 
where the only response can be utter rage at us because the opposition doesn't know how to respond. Right. Because we have picked apart the fallacies of their argument. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that is our goal. So anything that we get, which is most of the time, most of the, I would say, I think you and I have talked about this and agreed on it because we don't talk about it much. Most of the negative response we get are things that we haven't said. Right. And it's amazing. Right. We just got this this email. Did you ever say that? Right. Did you ever mean that? No. Neither did I. Where are they coming from? I have no idea. Mm-hmm. And and so, you know, that is that is something that, you know, we that's something that, you know, we've always known when you get in the arena of ideas, get ready to be attacked. Mm-hmm. That's just a natural. It's a given. Otherwise, as mom told me, if you're going to take anything personal, get out of it. Yeah. Get out now. Don't do it. Right. And then when I went uh, to her house one time and she was screaming and yelling about a news, negative newspaper article on me. I said, Mom, I thought you told me not to take it personal. And she said, you, I'm your mother. <laughs> I'll take it personal. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so there is the exception to the rule. We got a great show. Hey, did you like that story? Democrats demand a 1,000% excise tax on assault weapons and high-capacity magazines. Yeah. Because only the rich should be able to protect themselves. Right. If you are poor, you shouldn't be able to protect yourself. Mm-hmm. Only the rich mm-hmm. should be have the availability uh, to have semi-automatic rifles. Right, exactly. You shouldn't. Yeah. Poor people, you should. That's what, how the Democrats think. The rich elite, yay! The rich have all the weapons. Elon Musk owns everything. that'll drive them crazy so you only want elon musk to have weapons is what you're saying watch their minds be blown 866-90-RED-EYE how much do you know about synthetic oil heavy duty trucks have been running on traditional mineral oil for the last 100 years but today's technology brings us other options to consider synthetic is better quality unlike conventional oil Synthetic oils have a consistent molecular structure, giving it the ability to support pressures from higher horsepower engines, especially at lower RPMs. It also allows oil to reduce friction in an engine, controlling temperatures and improving fuel economy. Lastly, they're cleaner. Synthetics pick up fewer contaminants as they do their job of lubrication. They also have a better oxidation stability, resulting in an overall cleaner engine. This report is brought to you by Shell Rotella. Shell Rotella, with advanced synthetic technology, is designed to help keep your rig running with more mileage and less maintenance. Lines open for your calls. 866-90-RED-EYE on Red Eye Radio. And now for a segment called Just Something I've Noticed. Brought to you by our friends at Motel 6. Just Something I've Noticed. Bargain hunting is back. I mean, bargain hunting's always been around. We always love a great deal. But man, everywhere you look, people are bargain hunting. You know, there's so many great ways to find great deals. Hey, I have a great find in your bargain hunting journey. Book online at motel6.com. Use the code CPREDEYE to get 15% off your stay at Motel 6 or Studio 6. With almost 1,500 locations across the country, there's almost always a Motel 6 
or Studio 6 nearby. And truck parking is available at most locations. Enjoy a clean, comfortable room at a price that's a real bargain when you use the code CPREDEYE. That's the letters CP. Red Eye, all one word, for 15% off your stay at motel6.com. That is a bargain. That's just something I've noticed. Brought to you by Motel 6. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about how to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford anything, wherever you listen. Red Eye Radio, he's Eric Carley, and I'm Gary McNamara. We'll talk about uh, this topic. This is Jamie Raskin on um, um, on with Chuck Todd. I know that the, a lot of the technical defense of, of the president with Hunter Biden is, well, the president didn't do anything wrong. But as Michael Kinsley once said, the real scandal in Washington is not what's illegal. It's what's legal. Should there be a code of conduct, something for family members here? Because... It, the appearance of what Hunter Biden did is, is not good. Yeah, I mean, we know that there is a lot of, um, you know, influence in Washington that's based on people's family connections. Last and family names ties. matter a lot. Not on Last mm. names matter a lot. Yeah. Uh, I, it, it's uh, fascinating because that's the shift right there. Mm-hmm. There's the shift where they are. It's now complete that the, this is what you're going to hear this week from the Democrats. That, yes, the president was involved in his son's business. He knew about his son's business, but nothing was done wrong. Right. You knew it was going to get to this point. Right. As we said. The walls are closing in. Right. That that now they've evolved to he knew nothing. Just remember, yeah. was it two weeks ago? Right. Yeah. Two weeks ago. He knew right. nothing about it, too. Yep. Listening to Red Eye Radio from the Uniden America Studios. And he's Eric Carley, and I'm Gary McNamara. Good morning. Download our Red Eye Radio app today and listen when and where you want. So I thought that was fascinating over the weekend on Meet yeah. the Press mm. when Jamie Raskin said that. And, you know, should there be a code of conduct, something for family members here because the appearance of what Hunter Biden did is not good? That comes from Chuck Todd. Yeah, I mean, we know there's a lot of influence in Washington that's based on people's family connections. And you've seen that starting to grow this weekend. And to me, when I saw that yesterday, I went, there it is. Yeah. And we knew they yeah. would eventually have to get to it. From what was it? Were two weeks? Were, were they still denying it? it? Was two weeks ago, three weeks ago? They were still denying yeah. that he knew anything about his son's business dealings. Right. Think about this. That was two weeks ago. 
And now where are we? Well, yeah, he was involved in his family's business. He knew about his family's business, but he didn't do anything illegal. Right. And it's like, okay. And so the Republicans have gotten it from that point to this point now. And that's a very dangerous point for the Democrats because we've, we've showed you the polling. The polling shows the vast majority, and this was polling from over a month ago, mm-hmm. where the vast majority of uh, voters, sixty percent, believe that uh, the, uh, the the pre- believe the president is involved in an illegal cover up, yeah, of right. his son's right. uh, business activities. So that can't you, you you can't help but notice how it has changed in just two weeks. And I thought that was a key moment yesterday because mm-hmm. now the only thing is. They're, the Democrats are admitting he was involved in influence peddling. He was taking yeah. money. Yeah. They're, I mean, they're all the way there now after that. Yep. He was involved in his son's business, which was taking money using his father's name. And they, and it's funny because now they're to the point of no return because, the, you know, it was your, Jamie Raskin. Well, yeah, I mean, we know there's a lot of influence in Washington that's based on people's family connections. All right, what were those connections for? Right. The problem with where Democrats are now is there's only one point you can get to. Well, what was their business? You can't use the Trump argument. That was I saw that. Uh, who was it? <clears throat> can't think of it was who brought it up. They said, you know, they they want to bring up, uh, you know, uh, uh, Jared Kushner mm. said <laughs> said, you know, the problem is the reason that the Kushner thing died is. Because, number one, he was in a legit business. Number two, he didn't do any of the business until after uh, Trump was out of office. Right. So, yeah, you can say, okay, well, he took his position uh, with the with the administration. And then after he made money and people shouldn't be able to do that. And that's, you know, if you believe morally that's the wrong thing to do and they shouldn't be doing that, then we can have that discussion. But that's a whole different ball game than tailoring U.S. policy, uh, you know, to the people who are paying your family off. And right, right. what's important is everything starts to disappear because the argument is now, oh, no, he was just involved. Uh, you know, he, he you know, Biden was involved in his uh, family's business. And, yeah, he knew what Hunter was doing. And, and uh, yeah, of, of course. And, yeah, the family made money on it. But so did Trump, and they they ended there. They ended there, and mm. they don't – how? Mm. Specifically, for example, if you want to use Gerald, uh, uh, Jared Kushner, what was he selling? Right. Was he selling a legit business somewhere? Yeah. Commercial real estate? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Lots of money? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Tell me the wrongdoing. Right. All right. Now Biden. What business is the Biden family in? Right. And they're to that point where you can't get involved in any of the other stuff because they've moved now to Joe knew about what his son was doing. Uh, Joe knew what his son was doing. And he was involved in his son's business. And he might not have known the, as Archer said, he might not have known, you know, the, you know, the, uh, you know, the the balance sheets, but he knew what was going on and he knew what his yeah. role was because yeah. the part two of Archer, I will say this part, part one, I was part one with uh, Tucker Carlson. I was like, stop being so chummy. Ask him decent questions. And he did in right. part two. Yeah, part yeah, two yeah, came yeah. out. Uh, I, I said, OK, the all, all the questions that I wanted answered were answered uh, by uh, by Archer on this. The other problem is 
You have Victor Shokin now coming out and stating, huh? This whole this whole narrative that the Democrats threw out that I wasn't prosecuting. Here was here's where I was prosecuting. Here's what we did. Here's what we did with money and property and things uh, that he owned. We were coming after him. And then Archer again uh, in Tucker Carlson verified that again. You know, you know, getting Hunter Biden was a way that they could still continue, uh, you know, to do business because Joe Biden, you know, it was Joe Biden who would knew, know everybody else who could help, you know, soften everything. Right. And that that was their hope. And so that's even dying. That argument that, well, the prosecutor uh, was uh, corrupt. You don't even hear Democrats using that anymore. There is I didn't hear any excuse over the weekend. Nothing except, oh, there's nothing here. It's what about ism? Uh, Trump did it. So what about, uh, you know, what about, uh, 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 you know, uh, Joe? Mm-hmm. Well, that's not it. It's not what about ism. Not that it what about ism exists everywhere. But specifically, are there serious allegations against Joe? Yeah. And that's why the Democrats have shifted so far over the last two weeks. Their story is completely different. Well, and it was always going to get to this point that if there was any evidence at all and you had enough witnesses that politically the walls would close in and this is where we are. And and the next leap really is, if you think about it, it is going to be the legal leap, and that is the flow of money. Yeah. Once that can be divulged and and proven, if there is that again, flow of money in the and we, we know that the flow of money exists. The question is the timing of the flow of money, how much money, how much got to Joe, directly or indirectly, and then what favors were done in return. Now, for me, I'm not even a television prosecutor, but for me, there's enough evidence that shows the current president is compromised. But that's not how it works legally. Now, the the next question is, if you've got, if you're to the point of Chuck Todd asking questions like he was asking, we've been asking about what's going on with the liberal media, especially inside the Beltway. But what what's going on with other Democrats? At some point, you have to look at this and go, okay, we need to stand back and let whatever's going to happen happen. And is that enough to get to the political will level of? impeachment, and even removal from office. I don't think we're there yet. We're clearly not there. But are we getting closer to that? Or do the Democrats hold their ground? One of the problems is, is that if you go that direction and you just stand back and let everything come out, then you're going to expose the all of the political bias and rot once and for all at the top tier of the DOJ. And you're going to expose the Democrats who have been in office for years that were fully aware of what Joe was doing back then and didn't say a thing about it. Plus, you can if if you can win, if you win this argument, this legal argument, well, this argument, the political and legal argument against uh, uh, against Joe Biden, 
and you know concerning Hunter Biden because it's all about Joe. Because mm-hmm. even when they said, oh, you know what Hunter does, uh, still wasn't good. Well, what did he do? Right. <laughs> what did he do? What, right. what did yeah. Hunter do? Right. Why would you be upset? Why would Hunter even be in the news? Right. Hunter's only in the news because it involves Joe. Right. That's why. How far does it go? That's the only question now. But everything else basically has been conceded that they wouldn't concede even two weeks ago. Right. Yeah. The other thing is, I you know, you had Representative Dean Phillips on Face the Nation saying uh, that uh, there needs to be a lot more Democrats jumping into the presidential election. Yeah. Yeah. And to me, that's yeah. that that was key because he's on Face the Nation to promote that. That's the talking point. We need more people in. Uh, I, I saw this weekend, especially after part two of uh, Archer on Tucker Carlson's uh, podcast, video cast, whatever it is. Mm. And I went after that point. You saw it seemed to be movement over the weekend. The only defense of Joe Biden is, well, what did he do wrong? He knew about it, but what did he do wrong? Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, that's the next step, Republicans. Yeah. You have to go point by point. Here's right. the money trail. Right. Here's what he did wrong. Right. I even saw uh, one uh, blog over the weekend, a Democrat saying, well, um, even if he got the money, uh, he was doing what American foreign policy was anyway. Mm-hmm. So they weren't getting anything for their bribe. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. That's not a great defense. No, you're not going to win that. You're not going to win it. And those are the things that start to come together more and more. But it has to be. And and I do believe that the GOP has done a good job so far. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're perf- they're outperforming my expectations based on the history of the GOP. But there is nothing like this. You know, when we we talked over the years, how many things they've had handed to them and they failed to communicate it to the American people. These would have been victories. We believe. Does it translate into winning elections? It can. Does this? This is a different approach. Whether the GOP in certain states or districts can win uh, or turn seats or whatever is, to me, something different than what's going on with Joe Biden right now. With Joe Biden. For those of us who believe he's compromised, it's about him no longer being president. How the GOP performs after that politically and sells their message, whether they win or not, I don't know. Because they've had doors open for them before and didn't walk through them. But they seem to be doing the job that I believe they need to be doing right here. You would think logic dictates that it would translate politically into more votes. We'll see where that goes. Well, I, I know that would that has to be a goal of a political party. That's always sure. a goal of a political party. I know for me, I'm sort of like you. What I want known is I can't control elections, but I want Americans to know the truth. And there's been a heck of a lot of rot at the top of our government for a significant period of time in law enforcement and the intelligence community and it needs to stop and Americans need to recognize because this is more than just about Hunter or even Joe Biden here. It is about the censoring and the hiding and the cover up of the of the of, of from high officials in law enforcement of not willing to do investigations of the party 
that they uh, prefer. It's about the media covering up the truth and wishing to censor the truth of the American people. It is the Democratic Party that is pushing for the censorship of truth. Yeah. Because what we have seen, the two biggest issues, they'll say disinformation. Well, actually, it was information and it was true information that they were censoring from COVID all the way to Hunter Biden's laptop. And I think there needs to be a recognition of of, of, you're not going to convince Democrats. So I'm talking specifically American independence, where independents can look at it and go, that rot is unacceptable. Right. You know, that cannot be allowed to uh, to happen. That's what you, that's what you always look for. You're looking for that 60, 65 percent rating number overall because it shows that independents have turned and independents know what's going on. Right. Yeah. And we're not talking about an independent party, though. Like a, No, <laughs> no, we're not. <laughs> Although those items scare the daylights out of the left. You know, the independent parties we talked about, a Politico bringing up. Yeah. Cornell West running, yeah. uh, RFK Jr. I, I don't know to what extent. And I don't believe RFK Jr. is going to take much from the far left, but there are some on the left that look at him. Look, he had, when he announced, he had fairly strong numbers going in. But can they be the spoiler? That doesn't, that isn't as critical as the truth on all of this coming out. But it certainly will play into the election. We'll see to what extent. 866-90-RED-EYE. Get in touch with Red Eye Radio, toll free at 866-90-RED-EYE. What's up, everyone? It's Reality Steve, your number one source for all things Bachelor Nation and reality TV. Every day, I'm giving you the the behind-the-scenes juice and your info on all your Bachelor Nation stories and also interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. My name has been synonymous with spoilers, but I'm so much more than that. Give me a listen. The Reality Steve Podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen. It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Carley, and I'm Gary McNamara, 866-90-RED-EYE. Coming up following the top of uh, the hour, I love this headline. Zoom asks employees to return to the office. <laughs> That's so rich with irony. <laughs> Isn't it really? So we'll, uh, we will get to that. Biden's claim that he had no role in Hunter's foreign business dealings, categorically false. That's what really, I think, got... You know the narrative moved over the uh, the, uh, the the weekend. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The uh, the cage fight, Martina Navratilova back in the uh, news. Mm. And what is it? The uh, Democrats want to charge what thousand percent excise tax if you want to buy, buy certain types of semi-automatic rifles. Right. Yeah. We'll get to that. Top of the hour news is brought to you by House Products. Visit HouseProducts.com. This is Red Eye Radio on Westwood One. Now, it's Red Eye Radio. 
Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show from the Uniden America Studios. This is Red Eye Radio. All across America and around the world, we are Red Eye Radio. Good morning. He is Eric Harley and I'm Gary McNamara. Remember, remember this. Okay. A community bank is in the community. When we hear the words community bank, we think of the community because community banks are in communities. And not only do they think of community, but we think about those banks banks that are in that that community. In the community. They are part of the community. They are a bank in a community. They are a community bank. Same way as when I drink community coffee, I think of community. That's some pretty good coffee, by the way. <laughs> That's some pretty good coffee. That's the first thing. That's came some to my good mind. coffee. It's like community bank. Think of community. I think of coffee. Yeah, <laughs> that'll get your community going. <laughs> That's uh, Kamala Harris's latest. Yeah, in case anybody didn't know. Yeah, <laughs> it's part of the community. It is a bank in the community. It is. A community bank. The the one comedian who does a, I mean, dead-on impression of her, she must be getting a ton of work right now. I don't see her as viral on the social media as she should be. Yeah, I haven't seen anything. Yeah, because she's great. Is it? Is it that the impression is so dead on that it's annoying <laughs> to listen to? <laughs> I'm just asking not a question. For, not for me. No. Uh, well, it's it's spot on. It's so impressive and funny. I'm, I'm looking at it. And over. scary <laughs> at the same time. Uh, um, who impersonates him? I can't think of her name. Hmm. It starts with an E, I know that. Yeah. I just can't think of it here at the moment. Yeah. Esty. Hmm? Esty is what she calls herself. Okay. All right. Yeah. She's very, very, very talented. Yeah, I've seen if she's done one lately. Let me just check out very quickly. She has to be doing corporate gigs a lot. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe not. Maybe nobody wants to come close to it. You know what I mean? We're, we could be in such a uh, an interesting time that corporations are like, mm, no, because if we have her there, then that looks like we're making fun of the VP, and you can't do that. Who was it, the uh, comedian that got, uh, I mean, it was really over-the-top hammered for something, a joke they made about Kamala Harris at a corporate gig. And the, the corporation immediately on site was that hired the comedian uh oh oh it was a it wasn't a comedian it was jesse waters jesse waters said something and i think it was a joke about kamala harris and then they were like oh well we don't well no we don't we don't condone that kind of speech or you know whatever Here's her latest. Hmm. 
uh, Esty is her name, who does the impersonation. Okay. Here's, yeah. here's her latest that she has on her Twitter site. Okay. Okay, here we go. All right. Uh, can we hear it? All right. Okay, here we go. Yeah. All right. Here we go. They insult us in an attempt to gaslight us. And we will not let that happen. Because everyone here knows we are the real gaslighters of this nation. The best part, she lowers the the bottom of her lip. Mm-hmm. She lowers the sides of both of them, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like and and so she does something that Harris actually doesn't do, which is quite effective. Where I I don't see Harris doing as much as when she lowers her lip. There's like this elitist disgust. Yeah, and, yeah, you know, right. I, yeah, I mean, yeah, and yeah, and that's yeah. that's the the beautiful part. Uh, that's the beautiful part of her impersonation she actually adds something to right. it which is elitist disgust yeah at the pe- at the peons out there yeah <laughs> i love that she's good she's good very she's really really good. very talented yeah you just wonder what are her corporate gigs or political gigs i well you know the thing is is you could do political gigs no doubt right the Every- the uh, uh, like a, a a a local Republican Party, yeah, uh, could could have her in. Uh, there are certain corporations, I mean, smaller corporations, that don't mind breaching that. But I do wonder if if it's limited. You know, um, yeah, it's, it's David Spade yeah. and Dana Carvey have been getting. They don't get full on political, but they call out the ridiculous stuff like the covid stuff. They've been all over. And they do it in a way that is. Right out of their type of writing, it's not, you know, you can it's observational. It's it's funny, it's hilarious. And they do this on their podcast. And I just, you know, I look at it and say. I, I do wonder about the corporate gigs and and how they are with comedians right now because you can say what you will about um, a Dave Chappelle, you know, who doesn't need to do a corporate gig. You know, and, and the reason I say that, a lot of comedians, if you're not a headliner, even if you are a headliner, you rely on that revenue from some corporate gigs. You do a number of them throughout the year. You might do a dozen. And that's pretty good. It's pretty good pay. And it's just like when they hire public speakers, you know, you can make thousands for one night. And so I do wonder, though, if the tone is different, if it's changed at all. Look, um, back when the late Steve Bridges did it, you talk about he 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 was just funny. But when he did George W. Bush. At the correspondence dinner, sitting or standing next to George W. Bush, it was it was one of the most hilarious things you would see. If, well, that's that's the light years from where we are now. Well, if, if if you go back to Johnny Carson time, she'd be on Johnny Carson. Oh yeah, doing bits. Yeah, she'd yeah. be, on, she'd be yeah. on Johnny Carson. Right. Why why isn't she? Because she does a Kamala Harris better than anyone. Oh there's yeah, gr- yeah. No. There's great yeah. material. In the uh, there's great material in the way that the vice president 
puts together sentences. <laughs> right. To to be to be as gentle as I possibly can. Well, I would have there's, her. Yeah. There's, there's hilarious redundancy that she relies on, yeah. which doesn't yeah. really need to be exaggerated that much. And you that's, don't, yeah. that's that's what makes it funny. Why isn't she on SNL now? All of the talk shows, <laughs> mm-hmm. they're not operating right now. But why wasn't she on six months ago? Because yeah. she's yeah. great. I can see her. And she's very personable when she sits down and talks very personable, very attractive. Mm-hmm. And then she goes into it's almost as if she's possessed and turns into Kamala mm-hmm. Harris. And mm-hmm. it is great to see. I mean, it's a great look. I, and I've enjoyed all the impersonations. Good yeah. God. Right. Um, uh, uh, you know, the the, uh, the George Bush ones. Uh, uh, what's his name? The Dallas businessman who ran for president. Um, oh, Perot. Perot. Yeah. That was, I mean, it's, they used that. I mean, they burned that out. Dana Carvey, uh, and and he's also got a great Joe Biden. You know, he's just, there. There are things, when he goes off on, on some of those, it's just hilarious. When he does the, the Joe Biden and the rambling thing, it's, <laughs> my gosh, it's fallout funny. <laughs> I've seen it. It's just great. But that's been ever present in in modern media late night show you know comedy it's it's just always been there and it's underutilized and i, I do wonder about the corporate thing uh the corporate gigs but certainly you could you why aren't you doing that why wouldn't fallon do that on a tonight show i mean yeah they're on strike right now but you know bring bring on these and utilize these people who have yeah. this tremendous talent? It's uh, and it's and it's tremendous talent, and, yeah. and it's extremely, uh, it's extremely current event. And I look back at some of the highlights, and again, now you you look at it. Social media has really taken over a lot. I mean, I I one thing that I look at is how I view how the media might be covering something. I, I look. I think we understand. We look. We've looked at it because even as recently as. Uh, last year, people would call us and say, well, the conservatives can't get their message through because of the media. And we went, no, that's not the case anymore. No, they no, can. They can get it through. And we've yep. been saying this for a while. And that's because we grew up. Well, I grew up uh, <laughs> before television. No, yeah. I, I <laughs> no, when I before radio, <laughs> before radio, <laughs> the, the telegraph was the, express. <laughs> was the mode of communication. <laughs> look, the, look, look, the postman just delivered something. That's why I it, like it reads knock, knock. That's why I like that's why that's why I like the movie Postman. It reminded me of my youth. Uh, <laughs> the good old days. No, uh, uh, but, um, you know, when when uh, and, and we've said this many times before. No, it is getting to, that's that's why even though the mainstream media and CNN, MSNBC, not really covering what's going on with the president yet, the public knows. How does the public know? Public can get their information where they want on, you know, in in the in the media. I saw it was it last week that was the lowest that all the three networks had been in like ever. Yeah. Right. And it's like it's yeah. going to continue yeah. that way. And and they don't care. I mean, they don't care whether they're known as political activists. It's what they do. They really right. they personally don't care about the audience that they reach. They don't and care they about don't ratings. know how to change. They don't care about changing. It. Right. And they don't, they wouldn't know how if they did. But uh, but I will say that you know at times I'll say well 
really wasn't on the nightly news. Oh, I, I even get caught in it thinking yeah, yeah, because yeah. my entire life if it was on the news, on the TV, that means that everybody saw it. It's not the case no. these no, days at all. And I still get caught up in that at times saying, well, you know, she isn't over here. She isn't on the nightly talk shows or she's not on the yeah, She's on the Internet. Mm-hmm. Sure. Probably reaches yeah. a far wider audience on the Internet than she ever could have. You know, if she was on, uh, you know, uh, occasionally but on look, one of those shows. I mean, you know, it's it, and I and I I heard a comedian talking about the way they make movies, and they asked the question, "Why would we make this movie right now? Why is it important?" Right? It's a comedy. People like to laugh. Make a great comedy. Put it in theaters, and they they just don't see it. But the one executive from uh, from uh, uh, Discovery. The Discovery Group over the weekend saying, look, the strike has saved us $100 million. Look, at some point, they have to get back to making entertainment. But what is that going to be? More and more, it's misses. And this is one of the things that they saw at Discovery when the new owners came in and said, yeah, well, we're going to shelve all this stuff. You know, the, the Batgirl movie, that's never going to see the light of day. For a number of reasons. And the fact of the matter is, it's a pretty simple formula. There are certain things audiences react to. They love action movies. They like comedy. You you can't go in and do a 200, you can't do a $200 million comedy. Everybody knows that. But you can go in and make a pretty good comedy for a lot less. And people still like to laugh. Like Brian Regan said, you know, even comedians that aren't the best of all time, greatest of all time, they're still funny. They're still making people laugh. If Mm -hmm. you're on a stage, you're likely doing it, you know, have been doing it at least long enough to make a few people laugh along the way. And, And they've just become something that they weren't supposed to be. No, no, you make a great point. When since wokeness hit Hollywood, has the hit or miss ratio changed? It it, it feels like it. I don't know that for sure, but it's it certainly All feels right. like it. Is that a concern? Oh, I think it would be. Yeah, I, I think there are two concerns. I think. I on, mean, I, I mean, concern from the Hollywood, from Hollywood. money people. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's what I took it as. Right. And yes, it it should be. Um, and and number two. Look, they do have a point on AI, the actors and writers. When when Tom Cruise rides a motorcycle off a cliff, Simon Pegg in the in the behind the scenes of videos like every movie we go through this, I'm just you know, he's like he's so nervous because the star of the movie is about to ride off the cliff. Those are things you can't do. CGI, I've said it for years, CGI, and now you can introduce AI into that part of it. I understand why it has to be done for certain effects, but you're watching a cartoon. You're watching something Mm -hmm. that's not real. And if you want to create a movie, create something. uh, Christopher Nolan, Oppenheimer, he's talking about that. He wants things to look real. Even if he does a miniature, he needs it to look real. And he doesn't like CGI. Those are the things you have to look for. Only very few people have done it and done it well. Uh, filmmakers. 866-90-RED-EYE. 
Most owner-operators leased to larger carriers are paid on a per-mile basis or a percentage of revenue per load. The per-mile basis is most prevalent among larger fleets. Percentage at smaller. Pay per mile tends to dominate discussions about pay just because it's easier to measure. And pay per mile often is wrongly used as the deciding factor in leasing to a carrier. While pay per mile can be a vital factor, it's not a cure for every ill. Nor does it mean a big settlement check is coming an owner-operator's way. Why? Because pay per mile always must be considered in balance with gross revenue as well as total costs. Gross revenue can include flat mileage pay, mileage pay that varies by length of haul, percentage revenue pay, and more. Most importantly, though, for every revenue dollar generated, only part of that dollar is profit. But for every extra dollar of cost saved, the entire dollar contributes to profit. Knowing and understanding your cost to operate is fundamental to understanding the true value of any pay package. Owner-Operator Business 101 is provided by Shell Rotella with advanced synthetic technology. For more information, go to OverdriveOnline.com to the Overdrive's Partners in Business section of the website. For more detail on Business 101 and many other topics. We'll be right back with more Red Eye Radio with Eric Harley and Gary McNamara. It's Red Eye Radio. He is Eric Harley, and uh, I'm Gary McNamara. Good morning. Thank you for uh, uh, being here. Coming up here, Martina Navratilova rips uh, the United States Tennis Association transgender inclusion policy. Mm. That is not right. It is not fair. Interesting. That came out the same time that the U.S. women's soccer team lost Mm -hmm. (laughs) with uh, the, uh, the note that everyone knows that as she retires, uh, Megan Rapino is advocating that men play women's soccer. Uh, not exactly <laughs> the ideal way, <laughs> yeah, to end your uh, to uh, to to end your career. But it's the reality of the insanity of the uh, the the left. Uh, and uh, more on uh, Devin Archer mm. and what might be uh, coming up. Uh, the uh, the Trump trial, what happened over the uh, weekend, what may happen today? Mm-hmm. Will the uh, well? I guess uh, is is the prosecution asking that Donald Trump can't speak, or he just can't speak on you know the the um, what is released on the witnesses discovery once his lawyers get discovery. It seems like that's what they're advocating that he stopped talking about. But can you have a complete? How can you, in a presidential election, saying that the president, or excuse me, that the ex-president cannot comment on anything to do with the election of 2020? Right. That's the kind of problem you get into, but that's something that the left would love. Or would they? Hmm.
Consider yourself canceled if you don't listen nightly. Red Eye Radio. And he's Eric Crony. I'm Gary McNamara. Download our Red Eye Radio app today. Listen when and where you want if you can't listen live overnight. All right, this happened Friday. More than two dozen House Democrats put forward legislation that would slap assault weapons and high-capacity magazines with a 1,000% excise tax, Mm. a change that would raise the price of a $500 weapon uh, to $5,000 in a bid to reduce access to guns across the country. Representative Don Byer of Virginia and 24 other House Democrats introduced the legislation Friday. It's the second time that Democrats have put forth this idea. Byer and 37 Democrats proposed the same idea last year when Democrats controlled the House. It never moved through the House, even when Democrats controlled it. Yeah. The text of Byer's new bill was not out. As of the weekend, it was unclear if any changes were made from his 2022 version. His bill from last year imposed a tax on any magazine or related device that can accept more than 10 rounds of ammunition. The same 1,000% tax would be imposed on any semi-automatic assault weapon, which last year's bill defined as a semi-automatic rifle or pistol with a fixed magazine of 10 rounds or more or that can have other features. Under that rule, a weapon that normally costs $2,000 would force customers to pay more than $20,000. A change that Bayer argued last year could help curb the epidemic of gun violence. Uh Uh-huh. Uh, The bill that's named Only the Rich Should Have Guns. (laughs) The Let the Wealthy Arm Themselves Gun Act. (laughs) (laughs) The uh, Let the Wealthy Protect Themselves uh, from the Irresponsible Peons that we will not allow (laughs) to buy guns because they will cost too much. (laughs) <laughs> the keep the to the keep weapons out of the hands of the middle class and poor. Yeah. The only allow Hollywood to have guns bill. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. It's I mean it's it's there's so many shots that you can take at this. Not surprised that uh, it uh, was went down from thirty seven to twenty four other, uh, from thirty seven to twenty four other House Republic or excuse me House uh, Democrats who mm-hmm. uh, introduced the legislation mm-hmm. and lost thirteen. Hmm. Wonder why? Yeah, that's a good one to run against. Right. The Democrats want only the rich to be properly armed. The elite has everything else. Let the elite have all the guns, too. Yeah. Just amazing. Well, it's, um, 
just amazing. Really, just, it's well, it's it's one it. of those things where they um they know they're not going to get the votes. They couldn't get it done when they were in control. They're certainly not going to get it done now. But by golly, we're going to do something that is actually nothing about it. It reminds me of the time they asked the Obama administration. Um, he's been office in office for a couple of years now. Why hasn't he done anything about gun? Well, he's very busy. He didn't have the time. Remember that? Yeah. <laughs> he's very busy to be saving lies from their perspective, from the left's perspective. He's bare. He's so busy doing things that other things, you know. Golfing, presidential things golfing because we yeah. we were the ones that then said okay let's check because we had the list of how many mm-hmm. times he golfed mm-hmm. we said he could golf one less time uh, a month and right. that would be uh, a good four to five hours right one hour a week that one, he could that one he hour could, week they could dedicate to it right exactly we didn't get any response no and he never did anything after that after the liberal media was asking him why he wasn't doing anything about it because the fact of the matter is the political will of the people isn't there. It isn't there. As a society, we don't want more gun control. It's not what we want. And it's not gun control. We're simply charged. We're, we're not saying you can't buy a gun. You can buy a gun if you can yeah, take a mortgage exactly. out on right. a gun. Exactly. So <laughs> that's the thing. That's right. The government's looking to cash in on guns. That's what the Democrats want to do. Oh, I we'll heard. cash in. Wait a minute. I, had, I didn't. Uh, let me. See, let me just check. Okay. Hmm? No, I didn't see any. And if we tax guns with a thousand percent excise tax, then we're going to have enough to to pay in the budget for every need that every American has. Yes, right. Yeah, where is that? They missed. They missed that this time. Yeah, they since they can't use that for drugs anymore, that right. sort of fell flat. Right. Remember those good old days when the legalization of pot and other drugs was going to cause this massive surplus of, oh, of yeah. revenue into the into the government. Yeah. Mm, didn't Not. Work. Didn't work. Well, now we can do this. Let's tax guns, and you know those those gun lovers are going to want their guns no matter what. So we'll be able to balance the budget. Uh huh. They yeah. didn't say that though. No. Well, number one, this. What What do you think the percentage chance is that uh, this gets through Congress? Zero. <laughs> it is zero. Here's something. If you're the Republicans, do you allow this bill to go through so they have to vote on it? Oh, you allowed to the floor for a vote? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, you guys want to vote on it? Okay. Oh, sure. Yeah. To show you that, to show you that we're all about bipartisanship. Sure. sure. Let's put your insane bill. Yeah. <laughs> Come on to the test. How many? How many Democrats will go on the record to vote for this? Come on. I mean, that's what you want, right? This is the process. What Put I, it on the floor for a vote. That's what I'd be thinking if I was McCarthy. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Do, uh, guys, uh, wanna, gals, do we want to vote on this? You want to do this? Do wanna, okay. Okay. Good idea. <laughs> yeah. Let me make sure I have all the Republicans on my side. 
Yeah, come on. I, I don't know if there are any crazy. We know there are crazy Democrats. We need to make sure. Uh, let's uh, whip up the votes here. Let's make sure we have enough here. We we can't afford to have a couple of crazy Republicans here vote yes for this. <laughs> well, no, she lost. Liz Cheney is no longer in office. So there's that. Uh, and that that'd be really popular in Wyoming. Oh, <laughs> the people of Wyoming wholeheartedly was supported. A thousand percent XXX. They, they would campaign for her vote on this. I'm sure of it. I have no doubt. Yeah. All the great ranchers and farmers and people of Wyoming would would be on board. <laughs> I I have no doubt. No doubt. No, no doubt whatsoever. <laughs> no doubt whatsoever. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Just insane. <laughs> Even with a few Democrats uh, in Wyoming, they'd probably not be for it either. Hey, did Liz Cheney in her last effort, did she say, did she in her ad say, well, Liz Cheney isn't one of those crazy Republicans <laughs> <laughs> like Clara McCaskill did as a Democrat? Well, she was she was hinting last week. I mean, that was that was the question. Is she yeah. hinting that yeah. she may run for president uh-huh. because that's what the Republican Party wants? We uh-huh. know that's what Wyoming wants. Yeah. And that's why. I mean, that's why she didn't win the last election, because they wanted to run for Brunk. I can't even get that on my mouth. Yeah. They wanted to run for president. Yeah, yeah it's clear. <laughs> it's it's clear. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's it is um you know, but man, let's bring it to a vote. Let's bring that to a vote. I'd love to see that. Here's he said Congress must take action to stem the flood of weapons of war. They're not weapons of war Mm. into American communities, which have taken a terrible toll in uh, Uvalde, Buffalo, Tulsa, and too many other places. Again and again, assault weapons designed for use on the battlefield, which they have not been, have been used in mass shootings at schools, grocery stores, hospitals, churches, synagogues, malls, theaters, bars, and so on. So Mm. the solution is take the ability of the poor and middle class and only allow the rich to buy these guns uh-huh. is the solution from the Democrats. Yeah. Yeah. That's going to work perfectly. I'm thinking of inventing either the wind or solar-powered gun, and then Democrats will line up to support it. Exactly. It uses no oil or natural gas. Yes. Actually, it will need oil when you clean it. But it uses uh, very little. Only natural oil. <laughs> Only organic. <laughs> uh, got, a little, got a little windmill on, well, the, on, the, on, the, on the gun. <laughs> it's powered. The scope is powered by the wind. It's an electronic ignition. Yeah, exactly. That's what it sets off. Well, and you won't have to worry about cleaning it because if you're a liberal, you'll never use it. So... There's that. Yeah. And I can see so you guys are being ridiculous here. Yeah, that's the point. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for yeah. understanding. Exactly. <laughs> Thank you. And 
Uh, it, it's a lot like my solar-powered uh, tanning bed. <laughs> I'm pretty sure those are going to fly off the shelves. And But this is, again, once again, the left and a little bit of posing, posturing. They're not going to be... They're not going to get support. They couldn't get support when they were in power. And they know it. And they won't get it here. But I would love to see a vote on it. So would I. I think this is something the Republicans should consider yep. putting through. Let the Democrats have their votes. Say, all right, this yep. is what the Democrats wish to do yep. on uh, on uh, on guns. Who is for this? Exactly. Now, it's going to be found. Uh, if, it, if It's not going to pass. But if it is passed, it would be overturned. Yep. It would never see the light of day. No. no. Because the whole, what Democrats are saying, we're not banning guns, we're just taxing it so it's unaffordable that you can't buy the gun. I can see in Uh court. Mm -hmm. Well, what you're saying is this will restrict people. Well, no, if they can come up with the money, no, but right here you said you're doing this to have fewer guns on the street, which means it's going to deny some people the right to buy. Yeah, but it's their choice. That's what they're going to say, uh-huh. correct? Yeah. No, it, that, it would not pass if you did that. No. No, uh, it's not not going anywhere. 866-90-RED-EYE. We'll be right back with more Red Eye Radio with Eric Harley and Gary McNamara. It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Hurley, and I'm Gary McNamara, uh, 866-90-RED-EYE. Uh, Coming up, the <laughs> the uh, evolution, the I'm reading a headline here from National Review, Beckett Adams, the miraculously changing narrative around Biden's involvement in Hunter, Inc. You know, they bring mm, up, too, yeah. and we didn't even yeah. hit this because this happened late last week where the New York Times talked about, well, this is old news been known for a long time that the president has been involved in his son's business <laughs> everybody knows that it's what we've been saying well that's what jean pierre will say now i've been saying for a long time the president was proud to be involved in his son's business here it is uh l- last week yet after another fact emerged suggesting that joe biden had indeed been involved to some degree in his son's overseas business dealings contrary to what he himself uh, has stated during the 2020 presidential campaign. And since then, the New York Times ran to the president's aid with the classic old news defense. Quote, it has been long known that the elder Mr. Biden at times interacted with his son's business uh, partners. The paper of record declared on Monday. Is that so? This thing that Joe Biden vigorously denied in the 2020 election has long been known? (laughs) (laughs) And then goes through everything that Biden has said over that time period. So, yeah, I mean, this is this is what's going on now. The narrative is changing, and now it's like, the narrative's not changing. We always knew this. Yeah, no, everybody, oh, okay. it's, it's what we've been talking about. You guys are late to the game. Right, exactly. <laughs> <laughs>
This is Red Eye Radio on Westwood One. Now, it's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show from the Uniden America Studios. This is Red Eye Radio. All across the USA and around the world, that's who we are. We are Red Eye Radio. Welcome and good morning. Thank you so much for being here this morning. Yeah, thank you. As always, uh, we try to do the least we possibly can to entertain and inform you. When we say it's the least we can do, what we're saying is we're aiming to do the least we can possibly do. We mean it when we say it. It's the least we can do. And eh, whatever. All right. I, 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 I saw this uh, in the Hill.com about yeah. the whole UFO thing. Yeah. Yeah. The decades-long saga of unidentified flying objects is barreling head, uh, headlong towards one or two stunning conclusions. Yeah. Either the U.S. government has mounted an extraordinary decades-long cover-up of UFO retrieval and reverse engineering activities, by the way, that they haven't told the presidents of the United States about. Right. Correct? Yeah, yeah that's what we're being told. Or elements of the defense and intelligence establishment are engaging in a brazen psychological disinformation campaign. Either possibility would have profound implications for democracy, the role of government, and perhaps also humanity's place in the cosmos. Mm-hmm. And they go on talking about the, the fact that the whistleblower uh, 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 Grush has, you know, provided a wealth of highly classified evidence to the uh, investigative agencies overseeing the Department of Defense and the U.S. Intelligence Community, but he has not presented any such evidence publicly. He said uh, lawmakers are taking it seriously. It's before the inspector general right now, the inspector general, the intelligence community. And so we're going to find out their claim is we will probably find out either way. Hey, what's more likely that there are people that have come here to planets or it's a psychological ops from the intelligence community and from government to distract you from other things. What I find amazing is a story like this, it would come out in the seventies would have, everybody would have been talking about it. Eric, yeah. everywhere I've been since this story has come out, nobody is talking about it. No, no one, no one. It's almost as if, okay, it's more BS from the government. That's right. the problem when you consistently lie. Well, that, that yeah. when you finally get to the possible Contact moment. Yeah. Government has lied so much that finally here we are. Mm. The contact moment. Mm-hmm. As the aliens are communicating with us and sending back to us Trump speeches. I'm um, excuse me, Hitler speeches <laughs> from nineteen thirty-six. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I had to. <laughs> If you've seen the movie Contact, you know right. what I'm talking yeah, you about. Yeah, no, exactly. Uh, uh, but here we go. The the contact moment. We are not alone. Uh-huh. It's like, yeah, right. They're lying to us. Yeah. Uh, we've been here before. <laughs> been... Yeah. We we know how to compartmentalize this. There's nothing nothing different here. Um, And 
<laughs> you know, I, I guess I, I just wonder, is there a point now? Because uh, the story that, you know, the family that says there were 10-foot aliens in their backyard. Yes. That went viral, but I think it went viral because people were calling BS. Not because they thought it was true. You know, these things start to fall apart because we 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 are pretty good at knowing... You know, in terms of getting our attention on something like this, you're going to have to have something more. This feels like something that's been presented before, that it's not anything new. When you present anything like this, you're going to have to have evidence. You're going to have to actually have somebody up there, and it will be whoever the president is at the time. It will be the president of the United States that will be leading the announcement on it. Well, why hasn't, uh, for our, from what I know, has anybody asked Biden about this? <laughs> I I don't know. Has anybody asked Trump about it? Has anyone shouted the question at, at Biden on it? Has anybody asked Clinton about it? Hmm. Right. Has anybody asked Bush about it? Those are the questions you have to ask because those would be the people you would go to immediately. Do you know anything about it or did, were they hiding it from you if this was going on? Right. If this is true, did you know about it? Why can't, why has nobody from what I have seen, because that would, to me, would be, you know, that's the whole thing. You you look for what is the logical behavior that should happen next. And what I heard was, well, you know, they kept this from the president. Well, if they kept it from the president, they kept it from Congress. Because how do you get the money mm. allocated for such programs? Uh, and uh, I, I know the deep, deep Impact was on yesterday. I think Congress was able to hide that money, right, to build the uh, yeah whatever they were trying to do to get the yeah. uh, the uh, the uh, asteroid that was coming down to hit the planet. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I didn't watch it though because it was on one of the regular networks with commercials on. <laughs> Of the two big asteroid movies, yeah, it's not the good one. <laughs> you know, you get Frodo on a min- on a mini bike. I don't, I don't need to see Frodo on a mini bike. And you, you, and you know something? I'm not going to my beach house either. No, 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 to, no. To, I'm not going to go to no. watch them. I, no. I don't want to be caught in the mile-long tidal wave. I'm going to now. I, I'm heading personally. I'm heading on the back roads towards Oklahoma. Yeah, yeah. I I would probably go Davenport, a little further inland. <laughs> I mean, if it's going to be that big of a wave. Yes, I'm going Davenport because it was pretty. It was pretty big. They were climbing yeah. that hill. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm staying away from the beach. Yeah, I'm staying. <laughs> Me too. Not going to have a watching party. I love this. Here, one theory for uh, Grush, who is the uh, whistleblower, allegations is that one theory for his allegations is that the individuals he interviewed became convinced that decades-old myths and rumors of ultra-secret UFO retrieval and reverse engineering programs are true, 
However, given the significant penalties for making false statements to an inspector general, it is is extremely unlikely that multiple high-level, highly cleared officials would falsely claim to a first-hand knowledge of myths and rumors. Mm. Oh, wait a minute. We had fifty. We had fifty-one intelligence officials lie, yeah, and put out a statement that something was Russia disinformation, right? When they had no evidence that it was at all, zero, none. Yeah. It yeah. said uh, Representative uh, uh, Rubio and Representative Mike Gallagher, a uh, member of the House Permanent Select Committee on Intelligence, have stated that multiple individuals with first-hand knowledge of Grush's allegations have spoken to Congress. Rubio put it uh, this way, either what Grush is saying is partially true or entirely true, or we have some really smart, educated people with high clearances and very important positions in our government who are crazy and leading us on a goose chase. That's a significant possibility. Yeah, have well, you I seen don't, with the I intelli- don't have discount you, that. Have you been paying attention to the intelligence committees and law enforcement and people that we put our trust in? Have you been paying attention, Marco? No, I, I could see people just doing this for fun, let alone as, as a, some kind of psyop. I could see them doing this, you know, get, getting their giggles out of it, seeing to what extent they can control people. But nowhere in here does it say, why don't we just ask all the presidents that are alive, including the current one? Look, I said before he became president, it was after the election in 2016. If there's UFOs, we're going to learn it from Trump. <laughs> well, the, he's, he's not going to be able well, to contain but, it. But the thing is, I mean, that was the one thing that, well, the presidents haven't been told. Well, then, uh, you're, ju- then you're just taking yeah. away. It says it just says here um, that uh, uh, th- this leaves two extraordinary possibilities that mm-hmm. he is correct. Mm-hmm. And these things actually exist uh, or multiple esteemed and credentialed current and former government officials with a longstanding track record of legitimacy and service to the country are engaging in a brazen disinformation campaign. Well, if they didn't tell the president, if you're telling me they didn't tell the president, then they're capable of everything, anything. Yeah. If the president doesn't know this and none of the other presidents know about this, then I do worry about. What the quote deep state, a government within a government not being held responsible by Congress or even the executive branch. Right. Right? Yeah. Otherwise, the presidents have to know. Yeah. Why isn't anybody asking that question to the presidents? All the ex presidents, the president, and all the others. Yeah, it's look, um, it it reeks of something uh, that's not the truth. It reeks of something well, that that at at some level somebody's lying to. Uh, I don't care if it's a whistleblower or the whistleblower's lying. I'm not saying there aren't UFOs. I'm saying when we learn about it, trust me, everyone will be involved. And now this whole part of the, well, the presidents haven't been told. Okay, right. Okay. Okay. Thanks. You might have had my attention for a moment. You say something, you introduce that into the narrative. Yeah, but they don't know. 
It's a secret from the president. I understand why you would keep things from this president. Because he's incompetent. (laughs) But keeping it from all presidents, yeah, sorry. Remember, that was Independence Day. The presidents Mm -hmm. never knew. Right, yeah. I didn't know. The the president's like, right. And, so there's a secret and, society. And, and they never, by the way, they never addressed that in Independence Day, did they? No, they didn't. And and you see that, you know, the, everything that they had built mm-hmm. and all these scientists. Every, remember the hundreds upon hundreds of people that all knew that the alien was there and it never got out. Right. Or the alien's body was there. Right. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Not one person talked. That's the problem with a grand conspiracy. It's going to require a number of people. To know and not talk. People can't get through the day without posting what they had for breakfast. <laughs> They've seen an alien body and they're not saying. A number of people over the years have seen an alien body and are saying nothing. No, because they'll go after them. Mm-hmm. Okay. I mean, you build in everything. Right? You build in every single turn to cover everything. Well, who who is they? Who right. will, they will go after them. Who is they? The the men in the suits. The men in black? Uh-huh. That the president doesn't know about exist? Right. It's a secret. There's a secret society. <laughs> I mean, with all of it, maybe you just lose me. Maybe men in black got too close to the truth. I'm not saying they don't exist. <laughs> I'm saying these stories fall short to the probably to the point of when there is proof if there's ever proof that they do exist people will go nah. yeah whatever yeah. still don't believe you there's a bear in china that stands up on its hind la- legs and the inter- internet loses its mind saying that's eh, a guy in a suit <laughs> The bear would never stand up on its hind legs. It's kind of suit. Look, the skin is baggy. The bear is starving. He's starving. You can that's a small bear. I don't know what they're feeding him, but he's not eating it. He's waiting for people to throw him things over the wall at the zoo. Yeah. No, no, that's clearly a guy in a suit. All right. So when you have an alien walk on stage and say, yeah, look, uh, we have, I don't know, a hundred other planets. Well, I will say this, though, uh, uh, you know, the, what does give it credibility is the fact that on July 13th, Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer introduced a measure that asserts <laughs> eminent domain over mm-hmm. any or all recovered technologies of unknown origins that may be controlled by private persons or entities. So the first response from Democrats is to take away the private property rights of the aliens or anybody who has alien technology. Right. They're they're confiscating the wealth of people who don't even live here. So, so... That's what gives that's what gives credibility is a reaction of Democrats. Well, if you're going to build a psyop, then then you go full measure, right? That's, <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah. Uh, we'll take control of their spacecraft. 
And in the gun bill where the excise tax would apply to yeah. aliens, yeah. I mean, that also bothers me a little bit. That <laughs> yeah. Also, lasers and other types of unknown, unknown types of weapons <laughs> would be covered in the tax. <laughs> aliens are going, you know, we could go to Earth, but it's going to be expensive. <laughs> 86690-RED-EYE. Lines open for your calls. 866-90-RED-EYE on Red Eye Radio. It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Carlin. I'm Gary McNamara. So just uh, get, getting back to the whole UFO thing and the possibilities, either are, there are extraterrestrials or governments lying to us. Yeah. Or, as Marco Rubio stated, if the whistleblower is correct, quote, there's a group of people who believe that they possess something that they don't need to share with anybody, including elected officials who they view as temporary employees of the government, mm. Rubio likens such a dynamic to an internal military complex that's their own government and is accountable to no one, which ultimately would be a huge problem, even if partially true. Although such rele- uh, revelations would shake the public trust in government to its core, that trust might be rebuilt upon the <laughs> massive new knowledge that humanity is not alone in the cosmos. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, that's fascinating, though, because that's the whole point. Nobody knew. So where do they get the money? Right. Where do they get the, the money? And how are these people? Because this, remember, this has been going on since Roswell. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you're talking, what, over 70 years? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 75 years has been going on. And the bureaucrat, what, these people are still the bureaucrats in there? They didn't pass it from one person to another? No person, you know, got any of the new information? And it's just, you know, that's that's the, the, that's the thing here. But Rubio calls it, like we said, well, then ask every president. Why hasn't everybody asked yeah. the president? Right. Do you know? And then gone to Trump. Do you know about UFOs? Then go to Obama. Do you know about UFOs? And then go to Bush. Do you know about UFOs? And see what they say. Yeah. Um, Somebody asked them the question. Right. Do extraterrestrials exist? You're the president of the United States. Not that I know of. 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 Yeah. Yeah. Um, if If some of them know, all of them know. Yes. And that's the point. Whether they exist or not is kind of beside the point right now in this discussion. It's whether everyone knows that's part of that essentially would be in that entire you know chain of command, which goes right to the top. This idea that none of the presidents knew is ludicrous.
You're listening to Red Eye Radio from the Uniden America Studios. And he is Eric Harley, and I'm Gary McNamara. Interesting uh, article in National Review talking about the whole UFO thing called Cosmic Watergate 2.0. That's what Roswell was was called way back uh, then. Um, And uh, this is uh, Andrew uh, Studdeford from National Review said, I watched the hearings on TV. Two of the witnesses gave fairly measured accounts of the UAPs. The third, David Grush, covered rather wider and wider, wilder ground, even if it would have been rather familiar territory to those who keep an eye on such stories. Uh, recovered non-human craft, recovered non-human body parts, reverse engineering, and non-human technology, and so on. Writing for National Review about a month ago or, or so before the testimony, Andrew Follett looked at Grush's claims, which went further than those he was to give under oath, and commented that it strange uh, it uh, strains credibility to suggest that extraterrestrial vehicles capable of traveling light years to Earth are just falling out of the sky so consistently that the government has numerous teams dedicated to recovering them. One wouldn't expect advanced extraterrestrial vehicles to have such a tough time staying in the air. Extraordinary claims should require extraordinary evidence and thus far we've seen remarkably little of the latter grush even claims he can't reveal most of the evidence as it is currently classified that remains the case follett warms warned of psyops and suggested that the conservative thing to do was to wait and see hard evidence i agree over at the hill though the article that we were just reading Mm -hmm. uh, to you Mm -hmm. uh uh, they uh, reckon that the decades-long saga of unidentified flying objects is bearing, barreling headlong towards one of two stunning conclusions. Either the U.S. government has mounted an extraordinarily decade, decades-long cover-up of UFO retrieval and reverse engineering activities, or elements of the defense and intelligence establishment are engaging in a <laughs> staggering, brazen psychological disinformation campaign. Mm. While I think and have argued before that the question of UAPs is worth closer examination and as is indeed happening, the uh, the idea of a decades-long covert UFO-related recovery and reverse engineering program seems highly unlikely to me. Disinformation seems rather less unlikely, hmm. but on such a scale... When you look at the Hill.com piece in full, it's worth the read if you're interested in this sort of thing. Well. <laughs> and see and see what you think. I hope to have a few more thoughts on this later today. Andrew Stutterford from uh, editor of uh, National Review's Capital Matters uh, yeah. uh, on it. And yeah. uh, when, when you think, I mean, he comes to the same conclusion. What's more likely that these are extraterrestrials that can go the speed of light and they're you know, they have so many of these things just falling out of the sky. Right. And this has gone on for decades upon decades upon decades. And the government's been hiding from us. And the presidents and Congress both know nothing about it. Well, how do you fund it? How do you get classification for it? Who classifies it? I mean, it's like you've right. got, you know, how many people are in the classification process for doing something like this? And so you look at it and you say, what's more unlikely? That the government's lying to us or extraterrestrials that can go with the speed of light, which would have to go with the speed of light to reach us here or have technology that is so 
unbelievable to cloak themselves because they're very close by, right? Yeah. Right. Uh, exist. And when you look at it, you go, okay, just an odds kind of thing. The odds are the government's lying to us. Or it's some type of PSYOPs operation, which we've been through this before. Sure. The Pentagon was okay with the public believing that there might be UFOs Mm -hmm. during the 60s, 70s, and 80s when they were experimenting with, when they were uh, testing experimental aircraft. They were okay with it. We already know they were okay with it. Well, and if you think about surveillance today, well, don't you dare uh, spy on us, on your own people. Don't you dare spy on anyone. Well, so what do you do? If you're testing surveillance, any kind of surveillance equipment at all, then you're going to you're going to throw out these oh that could be a ufo or it could be a drone drones don't move that fast or do they and those are the things i mean a lot of the technology over the years and i know everybody goes back to this the stealth bomber but that technology was so innovative for its time. And now you look at it and say, okay, exactly what could they do? How advanced is the technology right now? Well, if you're using it for other purposes that you know is going to get a strong pushback from the public, like surveillance, then there's no doubt you create a story. Look, you're going to see it. It's going to be detected. People are going to see it. You throw up the story. I'm not saying that's what's going on. I'm saying that's what you would do in a situation like that. And this idea that, oh, this has been going on for decades, and we didn't tell one single president. And no no member of Congress knew it because they couldn't approve anything. Well, Here's so the, so how was how was this continually funded yeah. year after year? It means somebody or some bureaucrat, and even if it even if nobody knew about it, and you were still able to get the funding, I've I've got to go back to contact. Mm-hmm. Remember the mm-hmm. rich billionaire that bailed out Jody yeah, Foster, right? Yeah, and he himself was living in space, wasn't he? Yeah, he was living in space himself. So let's say you've got you got private funding for it, which is why Chuck Schumer said private funding. All right, we need to com- we need to we need to confiscate that. I still think that's the that's the thing that gives it credibility is the first thing that that, that gives it any credibility. He's going is, after is, their is, property. Is it the first thing Chuck Schumer did was get a bill to make sure that that property is ours? Exactly, <laughs> we own it. <laughs> yeah, we haven't been able to convince Americans. To give us all their property yet, mm-hmm, but let's mm-hmm. confiscate it all from the aliens. Right. Oh, it must be real. Oh, <laughs> the, oh wait a minute. Those are the little indicators you look at. How does government, you know, respond to And it? wait a minute. All the billionaires are going into space. Hold on a second. <laughs> well, it, but, you know, they're, that's what it, it, it to me, uh, it's 
the one thing you would absolutely have to keep secret. Top secret. Is there anything as such as near the top secret? <laughs> and you, you're going to have to keep it from the American people, and that's anything you're testing in terms of uh, any weaponry or any surveillance equipment. That has to be because you cannot let the enemy know about that. That's something well, from then another if he, world. Then you can't let Joe know about it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, here's the thing. None of the presidents knew. They do now because you're talking about it. Can you imagine Trump on Truth Social? What? 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 They didn't tell me? <laughs> this it's a two-tier intelligence system. <laughs> Only the Democrat right? presidents. Yeah. and But you're going to, I mean, inevitably somebody is going to talk. You know that. If it's that big, you know they're going to talk. In, in terms of uh, any kind of testing uh, on weaponry or anything like that going on under the Pentagon, well, that's been going on for a long time. That wouldn't be a secret that you would just be in, out of your mind to tell everybody. Seeing the body of an alien, you're not going to be able to keep your mouth shut about that. Or well, seeing their space, their spacecraft space or craft, any of that. Right. Yeah. Right. If all of a sudden I'm in the desert and Paul comes walking up. Right. Exactly. <laughs> But you know, there's the and and I forgot the name of that movie. What was it? I don't know. Was it Paul? Was it Paul? It was maybe it was Paul. It was yeah, maybe it was, it was Paul. Yeah. <laughs> but the alien. Yeah, those. But those are the things you you look for, right? And and you know you don't because you don't want your enemy knowing anything about whatever it might be. You think about the, right. uh, the which, which is why, which is why back in the sixties and seventies, the Pentagon was okay with people believing it. That that uh, let's let's throw out that that mm-hmm. disinformation. Mm-hmm. Let's uh, well, we don't know, we don't know, we don't know, we don't know. We knew what it was, right? But we're not gonna we're not gonna let on to China and Russia, right? You know what our stealth technology was, and the United States got a huge leap on stealth technology. Well, so you create a patsy, and that patsy becomes the whistleblower. They they. A bunch of people told me some things. Man, that reeks of PSYOP right there. Because you're, what you're doing is, listen, we need to get some more you know, people out there talking in social media that they've seen it. So we can continue. You, you think about the, um, the, the Predator drone and how it came about. Well, they had a drone over Osama bin Laden. And they, so they... Radio back, they say, okay, look, we've got this drone, and there's no doubt the signature, that person in the center is Osama bin Laden. We need to take him out. Well, the drone wasn't weaponized. So they said, okay, tell us where he's going to be in four hours. And, of course, they couldn't do that. So the all of the operatives that were in charge of that drone that drone program went back and said, we need weaponized drones. 
so that if we find the enemy and we get the go-ahead, we can take them out then and there. So think about all the development of what we've had over the years. It stands to reason. You don't want any of that coming out. And until it's out, until we're using it, you don't want that technology available to anybody. It's more dangerous to a, if, if a Kim Jong-un were to get hold of some kind of technology like that, just imagine. And that's, that's to me, that's what, it, look, I'm an Air Force brat. That's my go-to. And when I see tells in, in, in terms of the, the, the stories that are out there, like, you know, well, other people told me, well, sorry, that doesn't get the job done. And you can testify on Capitol Hill. I, I don't doubt that people told him that. I don't doubt that he believes it. Here's another thing. What are we, be precise, what are we reverse engineering? And what have we reversed engineered? Mm. Right. And why didn't any scientist not not come out and state, how could we possibly be doing this? We don't have the technology. There isn't anything that any prominent scientist has said that exists today that wasn't in the normal evolution of human research and development. Right. Sure. So whatever the leap was, was not a massive leap. We weren't beaming you know, our atoms to another place. Mm-hmm. If right. that was happening, you could say, oh, we don't have the ability to do that. Right. That has to come from somewhere. So what are we doing that was not in the normal course of human evolution and development and research? Right. And there is no answer to that. And because there has been no objection or any prominent scientist saying that over the last 70 years. Right. 866-90-RED-EYE. We'll be right back with more Red Eye Radio with Eric Harley and Gary McNamara. It's Red Eye Radio. He is Eric Harley, and uh, I'm Gary McNamara. Good morning. Coming up, you see that uh, Senator Sinema mm. uh, hit the Democrats on immigration ahead of Biden's visit to Arizona. Yeah. That's that's interesting. Well, uh, you know, I mean, you're going to have to pretend like you care, I guess. Well, Democrats are starting to complain now. Well, the the you know, when you look at everything that's happened in the major blue cities, they're all screaming, hey, we're not a border town. <laughs> we only pretended to care when only border towns were dealing with it. Right. Now that we have to deal with it, we don't want anybody here. We can't afford this. Welcome to what border towns have been doing for a long, long time. So the New York Times story that mandatory E-Verify raises wages for Florida workers. Uh-huh. Yeah, headline. We'll get to that and more on the way.
is Red Eye Radio on Westwood One. Now, it's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show from the Uniden America Studios. This is Red Eye Radio. All across America and around the planet, we are Red Eye Radio. Good morning. Thank you for being here. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. A couple of stories here. Tennis legend Martina Navratilova called out the United States Tennis Association's uh, transgender inclusion policy early Sunday morning in response to another post on X, formerly known as Twitter. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Let me get to the important part of the article there, and it wasn't X, formerly known as Twitter. All right. Never to love responded to a post from in, the Independent Council of, on Women's Sports founder, Ken uh, Shasby Jones, who wrote that women's tennis is turning into a laughingstock because of these terrible policies prioritizing the mental health and identity of men over women who have discovered a love of tennis. Come on, USTA. Women's tennis is not for failed male athletes, whatever age Never Tolova wrote on X. It's not right, and it is not fair. Would we? Uh, would this be allowed at the U.S. Open this month with just a self-ID? I don't think so. Shasby Jones wrote that women were calling her organization to complain about the lack of fair play when it comes to transgender athletes' inclusion in women's sports. Men are winning national titles, taking the place of women on team tennis, and competing in women's tournaments scores across the, or tournaments across the country. Jones added, we need to let women and girls playing tennis know that they deserve to be treated fairly and recognized for their accomplishments no matter when they pick up the sport. Hmm. They do not have to reach any kind of elite status, she continued. There is already a category for male athletes to enjoy this privilege. Let female athletes enjoy the game of tennis, too. Change the policy. And Billie Jean King, change your stance. Don't abandon these women and this sport any longer. Wow. Interesting. It's. I mean, it's good to see. It's good. It's good to see the attack on the misogyny and self misogyny of so many of the former liberal feminists out there that abandon completely the women's movement in this country because the man said so. Yep. And if the man says so, the liberal female feminist must submit. To the will of the man, because the man says so. Ladies, you've had a good run. But we all know what's what. And the thing is, I mean, it's expected, you know, for the beauty pageants, because we all know that the, of course, the male is much more beautiful than the female. Oh. So get out of those contests. That's right. 
Take those heels off. <laughs> Let the man put them on. It was, it was, it was, I did read it somewhere. I don't know if it was a Babylon Bee or was some, it was somebody being sarcastic, but it mm-hmm. was another, forgot what it was, some other beauty pageant. It was mm-hmm. like, oh, there we go again. Mm-hmm. The most beautiful woman in the world, of course, is a man. Yeah. <laughs> right. But I'm glad to see Navratilova standing up to it, and she is. I mean, she's fully calling in. it for what it is. She's in, she's fully in it right now. Yep. I mean, she's yep. she's in it and has been getting stronger since. Um, uh, oh, I can't think of it. Riley Gaines got mm-hmm. involved in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you know, she's been she's been loud, and uh, I would hope that other women are loud. It, that is, over the last 10 years, really something. It's amazing to see. We had predicted it a long time ago that the women's movement, if you've been a long-time listener to the show, you know we said the the uh, radical transgender activist movement will destroy liberal feminism. Yeah. And for all intents and purposes, I didn't know it was going to be as easy as it was when Gloria Steinem backed men playing women's sports. Was it? Did we do the story the other day about, uh, yeah, we did do it, the whole the whole genital thing again? Oh, yeah. Another group yeah. came out. And right. There was a group that came out and said, girls must learn to accept male genitalia in the locker room at a younger age, and right. the younger the better. Well, that might get you. That might get you investigated and close into jail a few years ago. Now you're caring. Right. Except for the feelings of the parents, young girls. Yeah. And the parents. Right. Now they think they're winning the war. Because they believe it's a left versus right thing. And it's not. Nope. I just wonder if you poll Democratic voters on it, because you really don't see a lot of uh thought out polling questions on the mm. transgender movement do you mm. no you really don't no. no i think they're afraid to i think they're afraid to answer them no i mean i think i think a lot of them are because there's that intimidation from the far left you know the mob's going to come after you uh but the fact of the matter is is that when you go to war with the parents when you go to war with in, in this case, the women that were the trailblazers um, in in sports, you're going to meet resistance. It's one thing to say on your way out the door, oh, and I think uh, that men should be able to play our sport too. <laughs> Let's go take a poll of all the rookies or all the the younger women's soccer players and see what they feel. Yeah, that was a story we did on Friday about the Canadian professor Mm. advocating for showing children pictures of genitals, and the sooner the better at a very young age. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they promoted proudly. I wouldn't suggest doing it. That could still... 
end up getting you in jailed in many states. As it should. <laughs> I just these people are. I mean, they're crazy. But I wonder what the polling would be of the average Democrat, because the average Democrat, I know, the average Democrat voter doesn't buy into it. But except for one senator, every Mm. single Democrat in the House and the Senate favor young girls being exposed to naked men in locker rooms. Yeah. The only exception to the rule is Joe Manchin. That's it. Every other Democrat believes that. Yep. Every other, every Democrat except Joe Manchin believes that a biological man is a biological woman Mm -hmm. if the biological man says so. Yeah. Not 10%, 25, 45%, 99.9%. Except for Joe, because Joe Manchin is the only holdout on that insanity. Yep. I have no idea who this pop singer is. R&B performer Neo slammed parents who allow their young children to make decisions about their gender, wondering in a new interview when it becomes a good idea to let kids make life-changing decisions for themselves. During the conversation, uh, the rapper and father of seven opined on people who allow their minor children to receive puberty blockers and hormone treatments, arguing that they have forgotten their role as a parent. Parents have almost forgotten what their role of a parent is, uh, said Neo. Uh, It's like, okay, if your young boy comes to you and says, Daddy, I want to be a girl, and you're just supposed to let him rock with that, you just let him? He's five? Yeah. If you let this five-year-old boy decide to eat candy all day long, He's going to do that. Like, when did it become a good idea to let a five-year-old, let a six-year-old, let a 12-year-old make a life-changing decision for themselves? When did that happen? Like, I don't understand that. I don't get it. He said he finds it puzzling that a young child can't drive a car yet, but can decide his sex. No, it's not. Uh, you know, this is the and, and that's honestly uh, the the approach by the left. They believe this is a new civil rights thing. You're insane. If you believe kids should have the right to make that decision, you should be in prison. You should go to jail. It's so perverted and it's mainstream now of the. Democratic Party, which is why, you know, Democratic voters, I wonder how Democratic voters would be polled on that issue alone, leave out the personalities, you know, because if you say DeSantis and this, then you will have some Democrats vote against it. But you saw that you had a ton of Democrats that changed party affiliation because DeSantis came up with uh, that. Right. Where was it? You see that, uh, oh, was it? it was a baseball team? Donated to was it Houston or uh, one of the, yeah, who one was of the baseball teams? I think it was donated right, that to made a, uh, a DeSantis donation, and they were just furious on it. Right, and it, it's funny because it's just it's like, tell me one issue that he's a radical on. Right. Well, we've stated with Trump many times. Tell us one issue on the issue. 
By the way, I did see where he where he's standing on the issues right now. He did that interview over the weekend on issues. Show me where Trump's a radical, right? On any of the issues, yeah. Tell me where DeSantis is a radical on the issues, right? Someone tell me that from the Democrat. I've, we've asked that question for the longest time, never been able to get an answer because they're not radicals. They're not proposing the radical ideas that the Democrats are completely for. 100%. Right. Trump said one of the best things. If you want to get, uh, if, if you want to bring inflation down, let's go after all of our natural resources. Let the private sector work uh, on that. Let's have cheap energy. And uh, and when he said that, the only thing I would have said, well, then, Mr. Trump, could you please stop advocating the subsidies for ethanol? Because that's the opposite of what you just advocated there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So... We have to keep that in mind, too. <laughs> Don't one week say one thing and then unknowingly, because I can guarantee he didn't even know when he said it, that he was contradicting his his philosophy on fossil fuels mm. just a couple of weeks before. Mm-hmm. But, it, you know, it's honestly, there's no doubt in my mind that next summer. The DNC in Chicago. This is, this has to be front and center. Unless something massive happens. But we're seeing more and more pushback. If that continues, maybe they don't put it in prime time. But I do believe they're going to put this whole thing of uh, kids being able to make their own decisions right up there during prime time. So bring on some seven-year-olds who say that they want to have. Exactly. That that would be. Yeah. Oh, my God. (laughs) Yeah. The thing is. As much as you and I are saying you'd be crazy to do, oh, that's right. Okay, well, they would do it then. Nope, they'll <laughs> absolutely do it. They will do it. 866-90-RED-EYE. Hi, I'm Jen Loomis, a transport safety expert at J.J. Keller, and I'm here to share a tip on roadside inspections. Drivers must always be prepared for a roadside inspection. This means drivers should always have their personal, vehicle, and company credentials organized and ready and having any shipment paperwork, such as bills of lading or hazardous material shipment emergency response information, organized and ready for the inspection official. Just an FYI, the top two violations written against drivers every year, as well as during Operation Road Check, are log general form and manner and log not current. Both are completely avoidable if the driver keeps the log accurate, compliant, and current at all times. Having the vehicle ready for inspection involves the driver conducting daily inspections and making sure any problems that are discovered are immediately corrected. Vehicle readiness also requires the company to make sure that the vehicle is current on all scheduled maintenance and that the maintenance schedule is adequate. This will make sure the driver is being given a sound vehicle to start with. This tip was brought to you by J.J. Keller & Associates. Visit us at jjkeller.com. Coming up, more with Gary McNamara and Eric Harley. It's Red Eye Radio. It's Red Eye Radio. He is Eric Hurley, and uh, I'm Gary McNamara. Good morning. Thank you for being here. Hmm. 
Uh, more on, since we were on woke stuff, Anheuser-Busch Air, Billy Bush yeah. blasted Bud Light uh, over the controversy stemming from its brief partnership with transgender activist Dylan Mulvaney. Bud Light faced intense criticism after announcing in spring that it was partnering with Mulvaney uh, in a campaign aimed at inclusiveness that included Mulvaney's face on Bud Light cans. Anheuser-Busch, Bud's parent company, lost billions in market value after the partnership. In the interview with TMZ on Friday, Bush told the host that he believes his ancestors would be disappointed at the Mulvaney ad campaign. I think my family, my ancestors, would have rolled over in their graves. They believed uh, that transgender gays, that sort of thing, was all a very personal issue. They love this country because it is a free country and people are allowed to do what they want, but it was never meant to be on a beer can and never meant to be put into, pushed into people's face. The TMZ host pointed out that the reason behind the ad campaign was inclusiveness, and Bush was asked about his response to the public's reaction to an Instagram post featuring Mulvaney in the can. He goes, you know, I think people who drink beer, I think they're your common folk. I think they are a blue-collar worker who goes and works hard every single day. The last thing they want pushed down their throat uh, or to be drinking is a beer can with that kind of message on it. I just don't think that's what they're looking for. I want their beer to be truly American, truly patriotic, as it's always been, truly America's beer, which Bud Light was and probably isn't any longer. Well, of course it's not any longer. It's uh, I'm amazed that this is what changed the radical transgender movement. But it's more, you know, they always go to the fact that it's blue-collar, it's blue-collar, these blue-collar people, even he did. You know, they're implying that somehow they're not sophisticated and don't understand the inclusiveness of the of the radical transgender movement. Even Billy Bush sort of said that. They're blue-collar, they're blue-collar. Well, well, it's, you know, well, that's that's a load of... No, they've got common sense. They don't want to be pushed to lie each and every day. Well, Inclu- the- inclusive's got nothing to do with defined science. The If they're blue-collar workers who are thinking this way, they're a hell of a lot smarter than the white-collar workers who are still drinking Bud Light if they're actually believing that a biological man could be a biological woman. The only message on your beer should be about your beer. It's a very simple game between the product and consumer. If you want to make it about something else, good luck. You're going to have a small audience. You're, you're by default, cutting your customer base. And the fact they didn't know that is mind-boggling. Yeah, it is. Yep. It is absolutely mind-boggling.
On your smart speaker, say, play Red Eye Radio. And if you're really nice, she might. Red Eye Radio. And he is Eric Harley. I'm Gary McNamara. I'm sorry, it was the Orlando um, it was the Orlando Magic, the NBA team, that donated to DeSantis' oh, yeah. campaign. Okay. Yeah. CNN sports anchor, very difficult to stomach. And so said, tell me, uh, tell me where, tell me on what issue DeSantis is a radical on. Right. I, you, if you, you ask me on Democrats, I can, I can tell you in two seconds. Tell me what Biden's radical on. The border. He says mm-hmm. the border is secure. It is not. Uh, <laughs> that we can the, run our energy on solar, solar and wind and wind we cannot that's that's radical that a biological man can be a biological woman because they say so that is an insane opinion to hold if you truly believe it it's insanity that title nine covers men too yes <laughs> i mean these the entire list of their agenda is radical. And, of course, you know, they want to, everybody wants to lose their mind. I had, I can't remember, because I, I saw it over the weekend, and I couldn't remember the last time I saw a headline about the Orlando Magic. It was like, so what? Yeah, same with me. I went, well, whatever. Right. I didn't think anything of it either. I just, no. I, when I saw it, and it was like, oh, they go crazy. It's like, because you can't endorse. If the Lakers gave to Newsom, okay, whatever. Yeah. You know, and it's not, you know, it's not this big game changer, but for the left, it has to be. How dare you? How dare you support someone like that? Like what? But they they create the you know the the fear in people's minds, and it's driven on ignorance, and nobody can name where the radical behavior is by DeSantis, where the radical views on the issues are by Trump. Yeah, what's radical on the issues? And Trump talked about the issues again. What's radical? Make. America now, great again. How dare you? Now, I I believe there are some things that I've disagreed with both of them on, but we're talking about just because I don't believe in it doesn't mean that it isn't in the scope of mainstream politics mm-hmm. over the last, you know, 30 years in this country. Mm-hmm. Doesn't qualify now, it as radical. And, and when you look at the Democratic Party today, the things that they believe are radical. The Democratic Party on a federal level. I don't know if all the voters, what the voters think about it, but the voters so far have been quiet or, as we've seen in the last election, supporting of the Democratic Party whose policies they disagree with and view as radical themselves. Mm. Because they view the personalities of Republicans as more distasteful than voting for someone who's nice, but they view the policies as crazy. Yeah. The whole crazy Democrat thing that Claire McCaskill used mm-hmm. came because Democrats believed their party is going crazy. Now it's gone full bonkers. Yep. 
with the things that they believe, as we have talked about many times over the last, you know, couple of years, where it's just, it's pure insanity. Mm-hmm. But that's one of the things right there. NBA team, DeSantis donation is difficult to stomach. Why? Yeah, why? He's an extremely popular governor. Look at the last election, what he got. You may not want him to be president. You cannot say that he wasn't, hasn't been extremely effective in Florida. And when you actually break down what he's, where he stands on the issues and you don't take the explanation of his political enemies <laughs> to define where he stands because they will lie about it, don't say gay bill. Think about that. Right. That was the biggest lie because they could not actually address what the bill was about. And the bill was about not teaching sexualized content to six-year-olds. Right. Which anybody would look at and go, well, who would be thinking of doing that? (laughs) The left. The Democrats. And Disney. That backed it, so... Yeah, just uh, yeah. The radical behavior is is very clear for anybody who's paying attention. The left owns it. My favorite story yesterday, though, my favorite one. Zoom has told its employees to return to the office for the first time since a video communications uh, tool saw a boom during the remote work revolution of the coronavirus pandemic. <laughs> And the tech company is now requesting all employees within 50 miles of a company office return for in-work or in-person work at least two days a week on a hybrid schedule. We believe that a structured hybrid approach, meaning employees that live near an office, need to be on site at least two days a week to interact with their teams is the most effective for Zoom. The fact that it's Zoom is the thing that makes it funny. (laughs) It is funny. Yes. So all you have to do is move further than 50 miles? <laughs> <laughs> Five miles out, yeah. Right? It's This is what they're dealing with right now is in the tech industry. They're still really wrestling with this whole thing because how do you find qualified people to work? Every industry right now is struggling with that. And then what you want is, all right, um, we want you, because at first, remember, everybody back in the office. And then it was, okay, everybody back in the office some of the time. Once you open this door, especially for, I think, the tech industry, because they can get a job tomorrow somewhere else working remotely. Once you opened that door, you were never going to, you were never going to go back. And the not, issues, not for a generation. No. Yeah, not for and a and the the problem that they have is that for those um, major companies that are dealing with proprietary issues, software or hardware. Well, you don't want your engineers working off site. You want your all of your company's secrets controlled on campus. Mm -hmm. can't do that if they're working off-site. And those are the things that confound right now, I think, the tech industry. Aside from AI, 
which they created. Hey, wait a minute. What do you mean this thing that I made is going to take my job? You designed it to do that. That's just how it was always going to go. But for those that are advancing, especially when it comes to hardware and some software, is those all of those uh, proprietary items are going to have to be done. They have to be done on campus. You have to protect your uh, all of your uh, property, intellectual property. It's hard enough dealing with the uh, Chinas of the world. Yeah. And I don't, yeah. I don't know where the answer is. I, I really don't. But it's probably going to be for a long, long time, this hybrid schedule. Only 2% as of January of 2022, only 2% of Zoom employees were working at the office. Yeah. Wow. Right. See, I don't know how you change that culture because you're talking about what? So we're into, well, three years of people doing it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's funny. I talked to somebody over the... Uh, the uh, the weekend that was uh, working for a uh, media communications company, mm-hmm. who said he was not at work for three years. Right, worked from right. home the whole yeah, time. Because COVID's over three years. Oh yeah, so he worked worked from home the entire time for three years. Right. Well, um, once you, you know, build your life around that. Because remember when it started, it it seemed like it was going to be, it really felt for a lot of them that it was going to be permanent or at least in place for a long time. Then your life around it, I mean, you you redesigned whatever room in your house you're using, whatever space you're using. You get the equipment, even if your company's not paying for all the equipment, you're probably buying a couple of other things to make it that system amenable to both your personal and your professional workspace. And now they tell you, okay, come back. Now, if you're looking at it, I would have assumed it's not permanent. But I don't think a lot of people in that position did. Well, I'll say this, if I got hired in some kind of generic job and it was and it was uh, remote and I'd worked there for a couple of years and they said, OK, now you start you need to come in and work at the company, you know, every day or four days a week or three mm-hmm. days a week. Mm-hmm. My first reaction is, well, I want a pay raise mm-hmm. because it's going to cost me more to do that. You're telling me that I'm going to have to take. Because you, you weren't thinking this way. If if you now if you were, if you were initially were going into work and then you were off for a couple of years because of COVID, you know you'd sit there and say, okay, I saved money for a couple of years. I didn't have to go in, but uh, this is what I agreed to originally. So gradually, I'll go back. I'll go back to the operation. Mm-hmm. But if you were hired that way, you were hired remote. That's eh, a remote job. Then they said, okay, you need to come into work. Most people would want a pay raise for what they would view as a major inconvenience. Yeah, and I I think for those that were, you know, in that place, even if they weren't hired into it, I think they look at it and say, oh, yeah. I changed my life. 
and now yeah. I don't want to go back to that. I'll find another job that lets me work right. from home. Yes. Yeah. And that's the problem. That's the conundrum for the tech industry. I have two family members, and the jobs that they work have always been work-from-home jobs. Their company, both of the companies that they work for, that they each work for, these were always work-from-home. Those are not as rare as they used to be. And for those that want to compete, that's a huge perk right now. We're not going to call you back to the campus. You can work from home. And if you've got the experience in that field, then you know. And and it's a huge revolving door. I don't know what the turnover rate right now is uh, in the tech field, but it's got to be pretty high. And the bigger the company, the, the greater experience, obviously, then the greater the earnings potential. And you don't, you want to retain every single person. Because you're not going to do it without them. And I don't know. I don't know where that happy medium is. Well, if you're getting ready to Zoom and you only had 2% of the people in the office, now you're going to say 100% need to be in that within 50 miles. Mm-hmm. And that would probably account for most of the people who work for you. They're, you're going to take a hit on employees. Well, and I have to wonder, too, about the hybrid approach. You know, come in at yeah. least two days a week. Okay, so then it seems like they're phoning it in on the days they come in. Oh, this is the day I have to get up. I have to go in. And it seems like you're not, it seems to me that would be counterproductive. And they'll be able to measure this pretty quickly. I like my job right now. No, I love it. <laughs> Thinking about people that if you got to go through that decision is something that I don't have to. But yeah. Well, we didn't want to work from home when that happened. No, no. We didn't, even though I do have not a 50 mile drive. Uh, round trip it is. Yeah, f- round trip, you're right. Round yeah. trip, it's 50. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Round trip, it's like, uh, f- many, depending on which way I go, between 55 and 60 miles round mm-hmm. trip. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. And it just never was an option for me. You live much closer, but it was like, no. Yeah. I'm, it just, you cannot deliver the same. I don't believe you can deliver the same product or have the same chemistry even though when you did, when you thought you might have COVID, remember those three weeks? That you no, were, I, I didn't have COVID, but the it was well, you I thought was exposed you had COVID. to it. That's what I said. No, 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 I didn't think I had it. I never had it. Other members of my family. Oh, okay, okay. You th- okay. Yeah, I okay. was exposed to it, well, so that meant that I couldn't come in here. Okay, okay. right, right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So when that, when that happened, mm-hmm. uh, I didn't, even though I saw you, I didn't like it. Yeah, no, yeah. I mean, it's not the same energy. 86690 Red Eye. We'll be right back with more Red Eye Radio with Eric Harley and Gary McNamara. In Toronto Radio, he's Eric Carlin, and I'm Gary McNamara. More on Joe and Hunter Biden, how the narrative is changing, coming up.
This is Red Eye Radio on Westwood One. The Bigger Pockets portfolio of podcasts are worthy of your investment. We're having a real conversation as real real estate investors. New episodes available every day. It's important to buy where it makes money and not necessarily where you want to travel to. Bigger Pockets on the market. Rookie real estate or money podcast. The purpose of flipping is to create more cash so then you can reinvest into other types of properties. The Bigger Pockets podcast on YouTube or wherever you listen. Welcome to Talkville, the ultimate Smallville rewatch podcast. Guest star Sarah Carter as Alicia Baker. Although I didn't really work with her a lot. But Tom did, and they had some real big smoochy scenes. Yeah. Can we talk about that? Could there be any more sex? What was a three-page makeout scene that just kept going? Good Lord. We get it. They have chemistry. Jump in now or catch up on any of the past seasons of Talkville on YouTube or wherever you listen.